passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. What's up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. And we are also live every Wednesday at 11 Eastern on the Dash Radio Network, Nothing But Net channel. For the best seats and tickets to the best concerts, shows, and sporting events, you should be using SeatGeek. And when you do, use the Hard Knicks Life promo code. That's Hard Knicks Life, all spaces, no caps. For $20 off your first purchase. No, you want to switch that around. All caps, no spaces. Did I say no spaces, all caps? No, you said all spaces, no caps. <laughs> I said all spaces, no caps. Which is pretty hard up. to do. <laughs> all spaces. I'm just eating some peanut M&Ms right now, Barry. Yeah, you didn't go for the Twix? You were all about the Twix last year, I remember. No, Kit Kat. No, Twix. I don't think so. I know so. I have a good memory when it comes to that stuff. So, Hard Nick's Life, all caps, no spaces. Is that better? Perfect. And Barry. Yeah. Tomorrow, the Nick's Film School posting and toasting viewing party at Slattery's Midtown Pub for the Dallas Mavs-New York Knicks game at 8.30 Eastern. Everybody is invited, right, Barry? Yeah, it's the next best thing to being at the game. And the game's in <laughs> Dallas anyway, so... It's better than being at the game. Tell us why it's better, Craig. I don't know. I'm just trying to sell the shit out of this thing, Barry. Even though for the past, like, three weeks, I've been giving the wrong address to everybody. I've been saying uh. it's at 36th Street and 8th Avenue, but it's not. It's not at 36th Street and 8th Avenue. Yeah, some of the numbers are right. Just, the numbers uh, are right. It's at eight. <laughs> it's at eight East Thirty Sixth Street. All right. So, I apologize. I don't think that any of you should really just be just be, um, you know, counting on my directions and address being correct. So, Nobody I would was, hope you worry. would look up Slattery's Midtown Pub anyway. Right. So we hope to see everybody there Friday right. night if you're in the New York area and are available. Yeah, and if any of you just get stuck on 8th Avenue and 36th Street and don't know where to go, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who's going to be there, Barry? Nick's Fan TV. Nick of Time Show. Nick of Time Show. Ashwin, otherwise known as Schwinnie Poo, a regular contributor to a number of things and places and pods. Right. He's What is he? What is his relation to? Posting and toasting? Yeah, I think posting and toasting. And, um, and a frequent guest on uh, Locked On, I think. Yeah, well, he actually also would like everyone to know that he is single and well-endowed. He told us that in the chat today when we were trying to set everything up for Friday. I asked the group, I said, I know we're raffling off a Kevin Knox jersey, which is exciting, Barry. Yeah, that's awesome. 
that's being donated by the Garden of Dreams. Remember, 10% of all proceeds go to the Garden of Dreams. So we're getting the Kevin Knox jersey, maybe some other things. There's going to be a raffle. I asked the guys, is that it? Or will there be more stuff? And Schwinnie Poo said, well, I'm also single and well endowed. <laughs> Which uh, I'm sure that's going to go over well with all the Knicks fans there. <laughs> are you driving in? How are you going in there? I'm taking the train. Taking the train from Mineola? Yeah. Hmm. What time are you getting there? I'm going to go straight. <laughs> Do we, does anybody Do care about, about this? this? Well, I'm, I, I need to talk to you. I've been waiting to ask you this question. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get into the city early around like probably around 730. Okay. So I might grab dinner somewhere. I'd like that. You'd like if I grab dinner or you want to grab dinner? <laughs> I wanna, I'd like to grab dinner with you. Oh, you'll be in that early? Yeah, I'm going to leave work early. Hmm. What do you think of Korean barbecue? I like it, but you usually walk out of those places stinking like it. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Hold on. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about it, okay? We'll talk about it another time. Do you hear this? No. Oh. Like a little tapping? It's peanut M&Ms. Oh, okay. They're way too crunchy. All right, guys, enough of this bullshit. It is a hard Knicks life. This is season two. Barry. I, I would I would chime in, but I'm, I don't even know what episode it is. Is it 14 or 15? Ugh. It's 15, Barry. On this, it's a hard Knicks life. Christian. Well, I heard you love our open to the show. Legit, I was at work listening. I started cracking up laughing so loud that people were walking by me and stopping and looking <laughs> to see what I was laughing at. I would not be shocked if Cantor never gets back in the starting line. You think I was going to sit well with him? No. Do you think it sat well with him when he was taken out of the lineup the first time? Nicolina, Nicolina, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, what he, how he played tonight is obviously showed a lot of promise. He's Trey Burke from last year, but better. <laughs> uh, much better. Another four inches on him. Some more muscle on him. Oh, Robinson with the steal. Using the ball and drive. Oh, Mitchell Robinson with a thunder gun. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. This is Bart. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. is Manny from Stanford. I'm from the early 90s. It's a hard, it is a hard mixed life, mixed life. What is up, Barry D? What's up, Craig? <laughs> In case any of you didn't notice, that was the replacement for the open. The, the new open that Barry and I love so much is gone. Because apparently... A lot, of, a lot of complaints. There have been a lot of complaints about how long it is, right? <laughs> right. One coming from our friend from Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think the first time that he heard it, he texted me. He's like, I was laughing so hard at the new open. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? He's like, because of how long it was. He's like, that was comedic brilliance. Meanwhile, that was definitely not our intention, <laughs> going for uh, comedy by making it long. Yeah, that was not the intention. And it's very sad, but 
So you guys just got a tease of what's in the show, even though me and Barry have no idea. It's kind of like you guys got a glimpse into the future. It's amazing how that works, isn't it, Barry? Fascinating. Magic. You know, fuck Christian. I, let's call him. I got to ask him why this was so funny. Can we call him? Uh, sure. Yeah, call him. <clears throat> Hello? Christian. Hello? I heard you love our open to the show. Oh, it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> so it was legit. I was at work listening. <laughs> and I started breathing. I started cracking up laughing so loud that people were walking by me and stopping and looking <laughs> to see what I was laughing at. That's ridiculous. That, you, you just thought it was going to... Did you just keep thinking it was going to end and it kept going? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. All right. Well, thank you. The joke that would never stop. Thank you. No, thank you. It wasn't meant to be funny. Christian. Well, that's a shame because it was. <laughs> well, because of your comment, your little comment, we've removed it from the show. What? No. Did yeah, you really? It's gone. You're never going to have to suffer through that again. It wasn't suffering. I loved it. <laughs> Why do you sound like we woke you up? No, I have a cold. Oh, yeah. You sound like shit, Christian. Oh, my God. Fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Oh, that's it. Dude, Christian just, just up? he just fucking hung up on us. <laughs> yeah. All right, Barry. So last night, just lost to the Pacers late in the game. We were there the whole way. We got up to like we were up like four points late in the fourth, and then that's when Victor Oladipo took over. Pretty much. I, I really wanted that win, Barry. You know, there's things to be happy about. I mean, when you're, you're this close to pulling out a victory against a team like that, and Ennis Cantor is usually your second-leading scorer as an abysmal game, um, and yet you are that close and have the chance to win, it, that does give some light and hope you know, to the heart and the hidden talent on this Knicks team. I'll tell you what was great to see, and has been great to see all season, is Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been playing like an all-star. He scored 37 points last night, 10 of 19 from the field, 7 for 11 from 3. He got two career highs in back-to-back games. That thirty, that that seven three-pointers that he hit was a career high, and the eight assists he got the game before was a career high for him. He's on fire, and I mean, this is the Tim Hardaway that everybody's been wanting to see. You know that that we used to see little stretches of that he's been able to maintain through these. You know how many games is it now? Seven games of the season. He's definitely raised his level this year, Barry. These past three games against Golden State, Brooklyn, and Indiana, twenty-four and four against Golden State. He had 25 and 8 assists, Barry, against Brooklyn. And then against the Pacers, he was 7 for 11 from 3, 37 points. 10 for 10 from the line. Right. His only, you know, the only bad part of his stat line was the five turnovers he had. All right. He had more than a quarter of the Knicks' turnovers. Knicks had 18. Hardaway Jr. had five of them. Yeah. And Vonley had five. Oof. Well, you know, I mean, those two played so great, and Vonley's been playing so yeah. great. He had 14 points, 10 boards, two steals, three blocks, and four assists, Barry. Oh filled God. up Noah the Vonley. entire stat sheet. 32 minutes, like you said, and he just continues to impress. He's become a major component to this team, which I didn't think he would be, you know. And he's in the games when they, when they matter, when they count, when they're looking, you know, to either get back into a game or hold the game. He's, he's in important minutes. He's been awesome. Yeah, so Noah Vonley is part of this new starting lineup that Fisdale, on the day of the Golden State game, surprised everyone, changed up the starting lineup, but changed it up in a big way. Barry, how surprised were you? Um, yeah, I was quite surprised. 
you know, um, I mean, Nilakina was a breath of fresh air, um, you know, moving to that one spot, which is where he should have been from the get go and should continue to be. Um, Dotson was a big surprise for me. Uh, we knew he was going to be getting more minutes because of his play, but to throw him into the starting rotation um, was great. And then probably the biggest surprise of all was Mitchell Robinson getting in there, which I think you said when the leak first came out that that was the potential starting lineup for the next day, that if you did see that happen, you might have to leave your wife and kids for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that was a stupid tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said that if... If we did start Mitchell Robinson and Frank, oh right, I, I was gonna, that. you know, yeah. then Fizdale's my soulmate. And I would right, that was leave my choice. wife yes. to go after him. I mean, I I I like that he did that with the lineup. I like that he's kind of, you know, we kind of mentioned that he likes to do these in five game increments. I like that. You know, it's not just he's gonna like, you know, just do some random lineup here and then the next night do something different. He's giving him a good sample size or himself a good sample size to see, you know, what's working well with everybody. Right, so it's Vonley, Robinson, Nilakina, Dotson, and Hardaway. The only guy who started every game this year is Hardaway. And uh, so Fizdale changed it, like you said, but uh, they're playing so well together, and you could see them forming this defensive identity. Yeah. That can, can Is there anyone who was starting that you think after these five games should maybe replace any of these guys? Uh, I guess the only one would be Cantor. Don't you think what Fizdale's going for here is like some defensive intensity? And since they put Mitchell Robinson in the lineup, not that he's putting up big numbers every game, and maybe Cantor's putting up bigger numbers than him. It's just the impact that him and Vonley have on the defensive side of the floor together. I don't know. Personally, I think it's superior to anything Cantor can do offensively. Yeah, and I mean, you've got quick guys. I mean, all five of those guys in the starting lineup are fast. You put Ennis Cantor in there, and it's like, you know, an anchor holding him back a little bit when they do want to push the ball. Right. I mean, we saw Robinson with that, you know, just awesome steal, um, you know, and took it down the court like a, you know, just a regular ball hander. He looked terrific. That was really awesome to see. And I think that I'm sure that boosted his confidence a lot. Unfortunately, we didn't really see it translate to any, anything into this game uh, that, that just happened last night against Indiana. But, um, you know, but hopefully it sticks with him and he has more moments like that. Well, did you see that moment against Indiana? Early in the game, uh, I don't forget who it was in Indiana, but he drove to the hoop, and Vonley and Robinson just swarmed around him, and Vonley swatted out of there. But they were both right up on the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they that get was in front of great. Quick. They... Like that would not happen with Cantor on the floor. No, he can't react that quick, you know. But by the time he notices what happened, the, the ball's already up up in the right. air. Right, it's dunked already, and then Cantor's like looking around, like what just happened. Yeah. Did somebody... <laughs> right, that's pretty common. Cantor is so sluggish and non-athletic out there. It totally goes against the way Fizdale wants to play. True, true. I would not be shocked if Cantor never gets back in the starting lineup. You think that's going to sit well with him? No. Do you think it sat <laughs> well with him when he was taken out of the lineup for the first time? No, definitely not. He was not able to hide that <laughs> at all. Barry, what was going on with his tweet, right? That news came out from, I don't know, like all the beat writers at once that Fizdale was starting. Those five and Cantor would be coming off the bench. And Cantor tweeted out a period. Yeah, I literally thought that was a speck on my screen. And I went to wipe it off and, and it didn't wipe off. But it's okay, it's a, it's a period. My first thought was it's a period. And 
It's like the end of his starting or or who the fuck knows the end of it. You know, his love affair with the Knicks is over because of this. Right. He's, I mean, he's I, angry. And then you yeah, thought, it was thought a, then you thought maybe it was a dot, right? Well, yeah, I saw some people thought that maybe it was a dot, like giving a nod to Dotson, you know, which, you know, who knows? I, I don't think that's what it was either. I, maybe it was, I think it was just like him biting his tongue, like just being speechless, you know. That's a good one. Because that's pretty much how he came off in the post game. You know, like you could see him like gritting his teeth, holding back what he really felt, you know. Well, let's listen to that right here. I have it. I know this was not easy for you to come off the bench tonight. How did you adjust to that news? Um, you know, just went out to do my job. What was your gut reaction when you found out? When I come, come off the bench? Well, the, the, you would... well uh, <laughs> um, coach said, you know, he wants me to lead the second unit. So I'm just leading the second unit. Right, and your gut reaction to that? I'm just going out there to lead the second unit. Barry, what if it was like, uh, like you know, he said it, when he thinks about the playoffs, his nipples get hard. You think that was a nipple? Maybe that was like the tiniest nipple ever. <laughs> and that's that means that he, the playoffs are so far away. His nipples are like, they're not just not hard, but they're getting tinier and tinier. They're like a little speck. Right, and him coming off the bench is just the first nipple on their way to the playoffs. On their way further away from the playoffs. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Jesus. Oh, I, oh, I see. Oh, because they're so little. Okay, I see. Do you think Trey Burke is happy with the move? I know the Trey Burke stands are not happy. Yeah, I mean, probably not, but keep him coming off the bench. I mean, I think he plays better when he has something to prove. I think we've seen that. And we've also seen Fisdale ride players when they're hot. So he'll get his minutes if he's having a good game. Right. The problem is, is he's tiny out there. Yeah, and and there's just there's no room for him in the starting lineup. You know, we had that little experiment. I, I know it was short, but we had that little experiment with Nilakina on there as a three, and I, he's just so much better when he's running point. And I feel so much more comfortable and at ease that you know when everything's under control when he's got the ball. Like even if he has those bad passes and turnovers, which he'll have from time to time, you just yeah. feel like when he's out there. He's actually running some sort of offense. Right. And I don't know if you noticed, but against the Pacers, there were a few times where the Knicks were like down to like seven, six seconds on the shot clock. And he got the ball back after not having it for a while and would always seem to make things happen, would get into the lane whenever he wanted and feed Cantor or feed Vonley. And we saw a couple of games ago when he was having that really big game and then the Knicks were down. And for whatever reason, Fisdale, even though he had such a great first half, Fisdale was like prolonged getting him back in the game right that's because right that's because burke was heating up yeah well I, I, at least against indiana they got nilikin in right at the right time there was like eight minutes to go in the game they brought him back in which i think was great um i mean unfortunately it didn't pan out but that was the right move i thought fizdale did a great job of minute distribution against indiana from start to finish from the starting lineup to who he would leave on the floor longer as he made his substitutions to who he would bring in and take out i thought he did a terrific job you know, Burke, the last two games, actually has only played 28 minutes total. Nilakina yeah. has played 65 minutes. <laughs> Nilakina against Indiana Barry, let me just give the stats, 4.7 assists. Wasn't a great scoring night for Frank, but he played pretty good defensively. He had some nice plays, but I think tonight what was impressive was his assist number and his playmaking. 
yeah. for his for his teammates. But uh, he's had th- you know three solid games as starting as the starting point guard for the Knicks. Which, what do you think of Fizdale's comment recently that almost making it seem like this whole thing of starting Frank as a wing to start the season was part of his plan to get him comfortable to eventually move into the point guard slot? Have you I heard think there's that? a lot of. I did, I did, and I think there's a lot of legitimacy to that. Um, you believe I mean, that theory? I don't know if I believe I don't that. know if I necessarily believe that that's why he did it, but to kind of spin it to a positive, and he probably did get something out of that, Nilakina did. Um, I, I don't really care if he meant it or not, you know, because it ended up probably being a good thing. Um, and if Nilakina does stay at that position, then what's the big deal that he didn't play there the first five games? You know, who gives a shit? At least he's there now, and at least Fizdale, uh, you know, sees it and sees his true position, like so many of us have. So, uh, so Barry, his Nilakina's first game starting was against Golden State, right? He had 17 points, a couple of assists, a steal. Played Curry relatively well, even though Curry, as he always does, put up a lot of points. But Nilakina earned the respect of Steph. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Take a listen to this. Coach Fizdell said before the game that this is the best team in the NBA versus the youngest team in the NBA, and what they were looking to earn tonight was respect. Did they get it from you? No, for sure. I know they switched up their lineups and tried different things, and the guys played well. Uh, you know, what, what Frank, uh, Nicolina, Nicolina, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, what he, how he played tonight has obviously showed a lot of promise uh, and what he can bring to their team, but this experience, I've, we've all been there before in some way, shape, or form where you, you want to compete, and that's what they did. Thanks, Steph. Good to see you as always. Yes, ma'am. Good to see you. How did he say that, Barry? Nicolina. Nicolina? Yeah. Nick Alina. No, I mean, everyone thought he was saying the N-word, which is yeah, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, they don't know how to say his name, but they will soon, Barry. They will soon. <laughs> Alonzo Trier had a nice game after being somewhat quiet last few games against indiana i mean he was solid his first of all his defense was great um you know a lot of his man-to-man coverage is just awesome he's on guys like glue which is which is you know awesome especially for this team that we're trying to build a defensive-minded team but i mean look at his line from indiana 23 minutes which is great because you know again he's getting he got you know what 10 more minutes than burke did um And in those 23 minutes, 14 points, six or seven, six of seven shooting, two for two from three, zero turnovers. Looks like Alonzo has sort of leapfrogged over Burke on the bench, right? The past two games, Trier has played almost twice as many minutes as Burke. Yeah, when he was in that first group of guys coming in. Um, yeah, Trier's played 48 minutes over the past two games. Trey Burke has played 28. Trey Burke went from the starting point guard for the first two games of preseason, the starting point guard for the first five games of the season, to playing 14 minutes a game. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what kept him in last year? All those minutes, like when he started, you know, earning and gaining more minutes last year, was his shooting was off the charts. His field goal percentage was terrific. He hasn't been nailing these shots this year. And if you're coming on to the floor, a downsized player... You know, you're going to need to make it up somewhere. And that's where he was making it up, which he's just not doing now. I've been saying this all all offseason when everyone was arguing about the Trey versus Frank well, thing, Barry. Well, look, we didn't have last a large year, scale to go year, off of. I mean, I was one of those people you were saying that to because I thought, 
you know, I, I was up in the air as far as whether he should start, not start, what his role should be on this team, because I was hoping that he was going to continue having, you know, the same type of play that he had last year. Right, except last year when Trey looked great, it was because there was nobody else on the team, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, but you still have to knock down shots. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's yeah, still but there taking was no, the same there types was of no, shots. There was no system. It was just like every man for himself, pretty much. Yeah, I and understand it, that, but it's not like he was like the no, like it wasn't because he was throwing up so many shots, and that's how he ended up with these points. He was shooting efficiently. Yeah, but so he was always he looking. He was always it. looking for his own shot. Now they're trying to play a team game. Right. And guess who doesn't fit in? The guy who all he does is dribble and look for a shot, and then at the, as a last resort, gives it away. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to Trude, do you feel like the last few games, when you know, again up until this game where he has been somewhat quiet, do you feel like he's started to change his game where he's looking to you know get more ball movement yeah i mean i think he definitely realizes that you know he would he probably will get more playing time if he brings a ball up and can play some point right yeah um yeah and, and i've going actually back noticed to somebody he, that oh go ahead i mean i've actually just noticed that i feel like he's been playing more lately like um just playing more in the flow of the game you know? Yeah, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly right. If there is a moment where this, the the spacing gets spread out and there is a time for him to go ISO, you know, he'll he'll, he'll take that opportunity and he, and he he always succeeds. I mean, he either you know gets two points by getting to the hoop or he's going to get to the line. Um, so he has like you know ninety nine percent success doing that. And then you're right. And then if it doesn't if it doesn't present itself, he's going to dribble the ball around or he's going to pass the ball. So yeah, he's he's definitely fitting into the system well. And I, I love seeing him out there. Yeah, he has that great like stutter step mid-range shot, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that long step back to create some space between him and the defender. Step back, that's the word. <laughs> yep. Dude, over the past two games, do you know what Trier's shooting? 11 of 14, which, I mean, I don't. there's no way anyone's better than that, than that on the Knicks. Well, Trey Burke from last year. <laughs> Just kidding. He's Trey Burke from last year, but better. <laughs> oh, much better. Another four inches on him, some more muscle on him. Still kind of in shock at how <laughs> how all of a sudden that starting lineup changed. And since Fizdale did that, dude, this team is so much more fun to watch. Fizdale took such a huge risk by doing that. You know, he took these established veteran guys that, for instance, Hornacek last year, I've always thought, took the easy way out, right? He was worried about winning as many games as he could. He was worried about, well, let's put it this way, winning that night's game. So he played Jarrett Jack and Cantor, right, and these vets over some of the young guys. But it takes a lot of balls, I think, for Fizdale to make that move five games into all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pull Cantor out of the starting lineup, who started off the season great. Pull Burke out of the starting lineup. And now maybe instead of seeing some of these guys that don't really fit in the offense, but... You could argue that Burke and Cantor might give them a better chance to win each night because they're more veteran-type players, Barry. But over the long run, we all know that these young guys, Mitchell Robinson, Frank, Dotson, Vonley, all these guys are going to benefit so much that hopefully by the end of the season, because those guys have played so many minutes and gotten all that opportunity, that they're giving us the best chance to win each night. Right, and that's obviously, you know, 
aside from player development, Fisdale wants to win these games. It's not just about the player development. I mean, why else wouldn't he put Mitchell Robinson back in the game? Mitchell Robinson, after starting against Indiana, had 17 minutes. And yeah, he wasn't having a great game. You know, he wasn't that productive. But he didn't make his way back into the game, you know, um, much of the second half, uh, particularly in the fourth quarter. Um, and because I think Fisdale wanted to give himself the best chance to win. And he felt that Robinson on, out, out there wasn't going to be, uh, wasn't going to do that for him. Right, well, especially when we were trying to climb back at the very end. Mitchell isn't going to give you any points, obviously. That's right, yeah. You need, you need three-point threats, um, which is great that the Knicks have that now. And that Nilakin is starting to establish himself a little bit, you know, back-to-back games with three three-pointers. He didn't have it against Indiana, but the two before that. Everyone finally saw in Frank the flash of a successful future with those two games. I mean, we just want him to score, and for him to score 17 points and then 16 points back-to-back games and be as aggressive as he was was a huge sign. I think that's all Knicks fans really want to see. I think that those two games really turned a lot of Frank haters into believers. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 showcased a bunch of spin moves that he's developed around the hoop, you know, five minutes, uh, five feet from the basket. There he turns around and floats up a shot. Um, he has multiple times where he gets right underneath the basket and then sneaks a bounce pass to the big um, for an easy bucket. So he's doing a lot of things that you need him to do. You know, one guy that hasn't been, in my opinion, really working with the flow of the offense, yet, you know, sometimes has his moments, is Mario Hazonia. And Mike Breen, I think, put it best. Mike Breen said on Hazonia that his aggressiveness borders on recklessness, Um, you know, because sometimes, you know, sometimes it comes through and other times it just looks like it's, you know, a wrecking ball through their offense. Right. And he had that one great fast break spinning layup I, I was surprised that shot went in i think he was surprised but, that shot went in it looked yeah, so I mean, good he just, he just chucked it up there while he was <laughs> right, it went swish yeah it was a nice highlight that was a his lone, lone basket of the night it was pretty cool that fizdale has been bringing some of these uh former knicks back into the fold again this week yeah we heard about, about another one rashid wallace coming to mentor mitchell robinson and it seemed like he had a direct impact on Robinson's big game against Brooklyn, where he scored 11 points and had some huge dunks and alley-oops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Bill Bradley came to the practice yesterday, two days ago. Depends when the fuck everyone's listening to this show, Barry. Yeah, what do you care? They. Uh, I don't know why I feel like I need to give a specific day. Bill Bradley... <laughs> You know what? I don't even want to talk about Bill Bradley. He he was at the practice. Apparently, he gave he told everyone they need to vote. Told them to all save a quarter of their paycheck, and uh, I'm sure it was very exciting. Right. Let's hear this voicemail. So Barry, we got this uh, mysterious voicemail. They didn't leave a name, but we were getting their thoughts on the Knicks starting lineup. Want to hear it? Yeah. Hey, this starting five is really where we need to stick until Knox is healthy and can replace Dotson. Nitty, he's finding his groove. T, you know, Timmy, he can focus on scoring. I mean, dude can't play much D, but he can, you know, be hidden by the energy of Dotson, you know, Bonley, and the rim protection of Mitch. I mean, this is all just a nice little uh, setup until we get KP back. Go Knicks. Okay. So so that's one fan's perspective. How do you think Brutus is doing right now? You know who I'm talking about? Why? 
Why do you, why do you ask? The big Trey fan. Oh. How do you think he's handling Trey just going to the end of the bench? Trey played the second least minutes tonight. One minute more than Hazonia. He's like the ninth man. <laughs> the 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 Burke stands are quiet. Very quiet. As quiet as Barry. <laughs> so what's more important, Barry, to Fizdale? Teaching or winning? Winning. Eh. Oh. Teaching. Is that is that a fact? That is a fact. You can fact check me all you want, Barry. That is a fact. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough one. There was an interesting article in the Boston Globe. So apparently that okay. game, the the not this the you know, the Knicks beat the Nets this last go around, but the first time they played the season I don't know if you remember, but Karis Levert had that yeah. game winner with a few seconds left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, and the whole game he played very well. Right, it came down to Tim Hardaway Jr. against Levert. And Fisdale right. decided to leave Timmy on Levert, even though he could have easily right. put Frank on him. Right, right, okay. That's your. This is your example of showing me that you're right, that he wants to teach more than he wants to win. Gotcha. I mean, this wasn't a... Case and point. <laughs> but Fisdale, after that game, said that, you know, he's trying to instill confidence in these guys and if guys like Tim if he always takes him off uh, you know one of his star players off of the other team's star player late in the game how's Timmy ever going to be able to succeed in that situation mm-hmm. which I've never have you ever heard a Kova coach doing that um, no no that's the answer <laughs> Fisdale's using these games as a way to teach and even risking losing them. Right. It wasn't a preseason game. This was a regular season game. Yeah, against somebody in your conference. Right. And you've got Frank, who's head and shoulders a better defensive player than anyone on that team. Right, who could have taken him. But you know what? If Timmy's going to be one of our leaders on our team, he's got to be able to hand himself in those situations. And uh, he didn't stop. Look how he, he didn't stop the fact they lost. Yeah. But we won. But we'll win. You know, we lost the battle, but maybe it'll help us win the war, Barry. Not this year, but some year. And you just don't know what to say after that poetry. (laughs) Kevin Knox is coming back soon, Barry. Yeah, he is. He's practicing. He's doing some light work. Said during. About to get in some five on five drills. Maybe over the weekend. That's right. His his father said he was going to come back somewhere between November 2nd and November 10th. Based on what he said against the Pacers about how he's going to be doing some five-on-five drills over the weekend, obviously he's not coming back on the 2nd, but maybe like the middle of next week or end of next week, we might have Knox back in the lineup. Yeah, he'll be good to have back. Oh, I can't wait. I actually forgot we had him for a little bit. <laughs> I got so excited during that Golden State game about Mitchell, Frank, Vonley, Dotson all starting. And they were playing so well. I don't know if you felt this way, but eventually they showed Knox on the bench. I was like, oh, I forgot we even had Knox. (laughs) And then like a few minutes later, they showed KP. And I was like, holy shit, we we have KP too. (laughs) Like we went from last year 
having very limited assets and limited young guys. We basically just had KP and Frank, right? And everybody thought Frank was was garbage. So everyone thought we just had KP. And then Barry, in one draft and one offseason, it's not just that we drafted Mitchell Robinson and Knox and then signed Trier, who was undrafted, but we also picked up Vonley, who was another young player. And maybe we whiffed on Moutier. Right, but now, but Dotson, who got no playing time with Hornacek last season, he's starting to shine. Now we have this whole slew of talented young guys. The front office is really looking like they did a great job this offseason. So far, it's early. And different guys are exciting you at different times. You know, you're really excited about Knox when he comes in. Then, you know, then like you said, Mitchell Robinson, you get super excited about him and his potential. Then Trier like starts blowing you away. You know, and then Robinson has that that game, you know, like he had against the Nets. Five for five, you know, 11 points in 15 minutes. And his athleticism. And then you're back looking at him. They're, I mean, they're, they're the youngest team in the NBA. Dude, the average age of our starting lineup right now is 22 and a half years old. And the average age of the team, like with Courtney Lee, it's 24.4. But you, you take Lee away and it's like 23.8. Really? Lee only gets you 0.6 older? Yeah, he's 33, but that's out of like 17 guys. You know, I was looking on a website because I was curious about the age. And like the only spot I could find it, they had the Knicks as the 15th youngest team. So I had to literally do it myself. <laughs> and I saw they were totally wrong. Wait. They had like the Knicks average age of like 26. Where did you see this? It was the only place I could find it. And like even like other websites like MSN.com or something like that, or like other sporting ones, all like went back to this particular list and it was a current list they said the average age is the starting point of this season like of the of the regular season and they had the next is 26 point something of the average age so i literally got out my calculator and figured out all the next ages because i knew that they were younger than that and that i've heard before that they were how many like how many players teams. did that take into account though it didn't say but it doesn't matter no matter what way you cut it there's no way that it could have worked out that way Interesting. Yep. But anyway, you have it from It's a Hard Knicks Life, the official average age of the Knicks is 24.4 years old. How long did it take you to figure that out? Uh, just a few minutes, Darn. not long. I didn't even write anything down. I just pulled up the roster and, you know, they have their birthdays right there. Did you do the math in your notebook or like on a calculator? No, just a calculator. Didn't even write it down. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at hardnickslife. You can call us. 516-33-MESH-1. 516-336-3741. We want to see all of you. At Slattery's Midtown Pub, right, Barry? 8th Avenue and 36th Street. It's this Friday, November 2nd. I'm sorry, not 8th. 8 East 36th Street. <laughs> not 8th Avenue. Yeah, would you stop? <laughs> would you stop? I think it's between 5th and Madison. If you get there early, maybe you want to go out with me and Barry for Korean barbecue. And we're going to stink the place up. <laughs> 
Go there. Everybody, please. We're going to be watching the Dallas Mavs Knicks game. Luka Doncic, Barry. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's been hot. I wanted him. You did. Dude, Doncic is averaging 20.4 points a game, 6.4 boards, and 4 assists. He's off to a good start. That's for sure. Dennis Smith Jr., 17.3 points, 4.5 assists. They got DeAndre Jordan. That's going to be a fun game. That's what we're watching at Slattery's Midtown Pub. After that, we got a couple games against Washington. We're on the road against Washington, and we got Chicago at home next Monday. Back to back. Yeah, we got this little stretch here. Dallas, Washington, Chicago, Atlanta, Barry. So maybe we can get a couple wins in there. Dallas, Washington, Chicago, Atlanta. Right. Uh, I could see four straight losses. <laughs> maybe Atlanta will beat again. Dude, Chicago's, but, uh, Chicago's be two there. and six. Uh, Craig, what's the Knicks record? Two and six. Okay. All right, guys. See you all Friday, right, Barry? What happens if they don't come? Oh, if they don't come, they, they, it's going to be the biggest mistake of their lives. Biggest mistake of their lives. This You're going to be kicking yourself. Oh, Barry and I are going to be so drunk. It's not even going to be fun. In fact, we're probably going to be drunk before you even get there. <laughs> Do you think you'll remember anything that happens that night? Yeah, I, I never get blackout drunk. I mean, you're taking the train. I'm taking for? the train. Nothing we have to be responsible for that night except ourselves. It's going to be a wild night. And then when I get home at 3 in the morning, after a wild night of Nick's debauchery, applesauce. Yeah, is that your thing? After a late night? That cures, applesauce? that prevents any hangover. Really? I, I never heard that one. You've never heard it because it's my little secret. And if you try it, wow, you'll see no headaches in the next morning. You'll feel great. Wow, applesauce. I get home, I open that fridge, and I just start spooning applesauce into my mouth like it's... Like I'm fucking... Haven't drank water in a month, and it's water. Does that <laughs> make sense? It makes perfect sense. All right, guys, we'll see you Friday. We're chugging applesauce. We're, we're chugging applesauce. It is a hard Nick's life. It's a hard Nick's life. This episode has been brought to you by Mott's. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.